Let's do this. Please, sir. I want some more. Please, sir. I gotta think of what I'm gonna say. Oh, got it. Hey, welcome to another episode of Dad Shorts. It's literally the same thing every time. I gotta say something else afterwards, like uh, where we're just two dads joined by another dad talking about things dads enjoy doing. I don't know what I'm gonna say now. That's like a repeat. So that was a lot of dads. <laughs> it's my three dads. Welcome to my three dads. <laughs> of movies that need to be redone. Oh, uh, we're skipping ahead again. Oh my goodness. Okay, uh, <laughs> let's uh, reset and we're off. Wait, are we really? I like that. Okay, we'll keep it. Okay. I thought you were supposed to open it by saying, Good morning, <laughs> Vietnam! <laughs> if, if you're over 40, you've seen that. Yes, that's true. <laughs> well, an apropos welcome to the podcast to our friend Grant Deardorff. Grant, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, everybody. I'm Grant Deardorff, <laughs> joining in the studio today, having a great time, Friday the 13th, podcasting with... Straight from NPR. <laughs> two <laughs> no amazing dads in the room. Thanks uh, th- thanks for letting me be here today, guys. Yes, oh, uh, Scott and Grant are the two amazing dads <laughs> in the room. <laughs> I've failed that test. <laughs> That's true. Grant, what do you do for a living, man? I am a state farm agent. Nice. Yeah, nice. absolutely. I like federal farms better. <laughs> no, just throwing that out there. Yeah, God gave me an Dude, opportunity, and he just he just opened the door and pushed me through, and so now I get to be in people's lives to help protect what matters. Mm-hmm. And I realized when people go through a tragedy in life, if that's a car, a home, something like that, God puts me in their life to not mm-hmm. only be an agent but also be a believer that can nice. show up and try to help them through tough times. That's awesome. Very yeah. cool. How many kids you have? I've got three wonderful kids. What are their ages? What about the rest of them? <laughs> Sorry, oh. I'm, I am. I, we have not been here for too long, so I am just firing on all cylinders. We're, I think they're twelve, eleven, and seven. I love that's a and based on when you question. listen to this podcast, I could be right. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. They're in the in the ballpark. They they are within a standard deviation of twelve years old. <laughs> right, right. They're not driving yet, and they're out of diapers. So I mean, there's. <laughs> Goodness. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. And reset. <laughs> uh, Grant, uh, what? tell us, what is your uh, go-to dad outfit? You know, I love that you guys ask everyone this question because it's a great warm-up for your guests. But the reality is no one cares what dads wear. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> like, it's like the most feminist conversation to start with. What do you like to wear? I like to wear jeans and a T-shirt, unbranded T-shirt. I figure if I'm going to wear a T-shirt with someone's name on it, then they should be paying me to be mm. there walking around Billboard. So an unbranded T-shirt, and in the winter, I like the quarter zips. So just jeans and a quarter zip for a T-shirt. So you're not you're not sponsored yet. I am a sponsored dad. I, I'm not sponsored yet. I, I do resist the sponsorship uh, of you know brands on my chest, um, mm. unless it's something that I choose. Like I'll rock a good Darth Vader shirt or a nice Goonies shirt on the weekend. Yeah, like you just let your you, you know you let your uh, fan flag fly on your chest, but I'm not going to walk around with somebody's name on me if I can avoid it. Here's my thing with why I start with this question, because I feel like dads have a uniform that we wear. Whatever it is, by the time you're in your mid-40s, this is your look. My wife has no look. Like, she could be dressed up nice one day, and then it's like she dresses, it's like George Costanza, she dresses oh, yeah. on moods. 
Like you never know. That's why I think if you could ask that question, no, it, it, like, it ties really well the time, into the podcast. Like who your podcast is, the name, the brand, the dad shorts. I get it. But at the end of the day, we should really be asking people like, what's your favorite movie, your favorite food? Uh, what's your favorite gun? Uh, I mean, like, we got to jump into like the dadisms and like starting with like, hey, hey, what's your favorite clothes to wear? It's like, no, I want to talk about the favorite piece of wooden steel to hold in my hands while I kill an innocent creature I be like, and then consume it. It's okay. a Beaumont Adams. That's a girl's gun. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so good. Okay, uh, notes uh, noted. <laughs> Thank you. We will yeah, take that. Uh, Unsolicited feedback. So, boxers are... Br- no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, tell us what is your favorite, or not your favorite, uh, what's your best dad story? So, really, there are so many stories you get with your kids, but one that comes to mind was I decided to go play disc golf when Gavin, my oldest, was a baby. And this was going to be some great dad son time. And he was, yeah, he, I mean, he, I was going to put him in like one of those off-road strollers and go play disc golf. And so we get all the way across town, which is like a good 30, 35 minute drive to the disc golf course, right as we get to the park and I open the door to go get him out of his car seat because he's a baby. He had thrown up all over himself and he was stuck in his car seat just completely covered in throw up. And you're like, well, there's not a mom around. (laughs) You know, like, how do I, how do I deal with this? So it was really the, the whole thing of like, you know, grabbing handfuls of, of, you know, vomit and and scrambled eggs and getting them off of him and then taking him to the back of the van and like taking his clothes off of him and like ended up smearing it in his face and in his hair and he's crying. And at this point he's wet and he's cold (laughs) and you don't have other clothes to put him in and you don't know what to do. And you're like, I've got to get this sick little boy home. Mm -hmm. It's a 30 minute drive. He's cold. He's wet. He doesn't have any clothes on. I now have to take this like little being and put him back in his car seat, which is cold and wet and plastic and buckle him in and then drive 30 or 40 minutes across town before I can put him in a warm bath. And my heart broke for the guy Mm. because you just started to realize like how much they need their parents. And it's those memories where you look at your kids and you're like, I had something really great planned and it went sideways. But the result was I got to step up and clean up this little kid and his mess and take him home and get him all bathed up and get him taken care of. And that to me is what being a dad is like. It's loving your kids enough to do fun activities with them, but then also to clean up all of the messes along the way and realize that that is the blessing we get to have. Like some days are awesome and some days are cleaning up, throw up. Um, And you know, that's what it is to be a dad. It's love on and live with your kids. Absolutely. Uh, what's your ultimate family vacation? Transitioning smoothly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, I you know, road tripping is a big deal. Both my parents were school teachers, so we used to get to do like two to three week summer road trips mm-hmm. in the station wagon that had wood paneling. Because <laughs> who doesn't want their car to look like it's right out of the wood shop? Yeah, or and like so, the inter- your entertainment center. Like yeah, they're great. That. They're great. And, you know, Scott, I know you like to do road trips. Yes. We love to do road trips. Load the kids up. Ever since they were little, we throw them in a van, and you just head across country. And you see sights, you spend time together, you uh, build quality time, you tell a lot of dad jokes, you just have a great time with your kids. And so for me, really, the ultimate family vacation is that we went out to Yellowstone, we hit Salt Lake City, we hit Mm. Moab, we hit Arches, you know, we did uh, Devil's Tower, we did a a two week trip out there. And it was just great to see God's country and Mm. spend time with your family. Absolutely. We love that. Uh, What's your best dad joke? I have, you know, 
um, a, a few go-to comments that I think are funny. And to me, <laughs> okay. I think that's the hallmark of a dad mm-hmm. is the only person that should be laughing after the dad joke is the dad. Yeah. And Don't so, put me in a box. Oh no. Right. I'm right, in a box. Right. It, nobody thinks it's funny. Like yeah. the more people that roll their eyes, why I laugh, the better the joke is. So yeah. some of my go-tos are, uh, every time I drop my kids off for school and they leave the car, I always say, I hope you learn to read <laughs> like every day, you know, like they're in junior high, you know, they're like, I know how to read. I'm like, I hope you learn to read. You know, it's like, you know, it, uh, I think that's great. Uh, they roll their eyes every time. Yep. Um, I also am pretty, uh, uh, pretty known to blame the chair or the floor for being squeaky whenever I fart. Right, yeah. You know, anytime you fart, it's always something else. Yeah. Uh, the, the best time I actually made my family laugh, though, was unintentional. We were sitting around our dinner table, and we a lot of times we'll ask questions if we eat dinner. And the question this time was, hey, what's your favorite candy? So everybody around the table went around and said what their favorite candy was. When it came to me, I said, hey, you know, my favorite candy, because they're amazing, are Reese's Pieces. And so I say this, and my wife, down at the other end of the table, she's looking at me like my hair is on fire, and so are my kids. I'm like, what is going on? And my wife starts to laugh. And I spent over 20 years of my life trying to make this woman laugh out loud. <laughs> she laughs on the inside. She starts like leaning over in her chair like she's about to fall out. And she's crying. And all my kids are looking at me. And once she laughs, they know it's okay to laugh. And I'm completely clueless. And I'm like, what is so funny? And they're like, what you just said. And I'm like, what? And my oldest looks at me and he's like, Reese's penises, dad. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. Like the the Freudian slip, yeah. I guess. But I'm like, I'm like, I, I, I there's no way I said that. I would not say That's that in hilarious. front of my kids at dinner. Like I would be in so much trouble. But the fact that I said it without having a clue that I said it was the best joke that could have ever been for all of them to laugh at me. That's hilarious. Love it. Well, I don't often tell dad jokes, but when I do, he laughs. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Ragsdale got a brand new mug for I Christmas. Did. That is full of dad jokes on it. Yes. Speaking of Christmas, you had some gift you want to tell me about. Oh, yes. What is this gift? Oh, my gosh. I've been waiting until the podcast recording. Time okay, so I, I've got, I got this mug, and it's I keep all my dad jokes in my database, which I think is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also got a dad joke book. That's where I got oh, that last my goodness. one. Yeah. Um, and then, like, my wife got me a whole dad shorts, like, podcast-themed gift. Really? Yes. Uh, complete wow. with... Dragon Ball Z t-shirt and a pair of shants. Yes, she got you shants. She got me shants <laughs> oh for Christmas. Goodness. I don't know if I've ever even seen shants. Oh, oh I should have yeah. worn it's them. It's legendary, today. In the 90s, right? You've worn shants, right? I mean, I mean, I, well, that doesn't mean that I wore shants. Grant, you knew me in high school. You've seen me in shants. <laughs> Everybody in college was wearing shants. I feel like. Uh, but that was That's... like that was like the outfit that I wore when I met her, like a Dragon Ball Z T-shirt and a pair of shorts, <laughs> and we, we still got married. We need mm-hmm. to put together like mm-hmm. a gift basket for dad shorts that you can like order from us and send to other dads. Like, <laughs> yeah, congratulations on the birth of your first child. Here's a dad shorts gift basket. Uh, Grant, we want to ask a couple serious questions before we get started on our our, our fun game for today, and that is. Um, uh, I'm excited about it. We're going to reboot movies. Yeah, we Spoiler are. Spoiler alert. But uh, first, uh, we want to ask a couple serious ones. Uh, Grant, what uh, successes have you had uh, making family time a priority in a busy schedule? It's a great question. I think a lot of dads are busy. You know, you've got work. You've got your family. You've got things around the house. You have uh, things pulling on your time. 
what's crazy though is our kids and our spouses are as important as any of that. And I've been, you know, going through a really busy season in my life, opening up and uh, starting this business with State Farm. But I think the things that work are uh, making plans with your family, being intentional about it. So one of the resolutions that I have this year that I have yet to enact, but the things that I want to do is like, I want to pick a night, like, hey, say Tuesday night is date night. And maybe one Tuesday, I take my wife out. The next one, it's Gavin. The next, it's Drake. Mm-hmm. And the next is Kinley. And say every Tuesday, I'm going out with somebody in my family. And it wouldn't have to be to a movie or something big, yeah. like 20 <laughs> minutes to go ride your bike. Yeah. Go to the park, take a, a couple of sprites, and just sit at the park and have a conversation where there's no distractions around. Uh, you know, you think about going for coffee with a friend, go for a Coke with your kid, and just spend some time uh, opening up that dialogue because I want to make sure when they feel left out at school or if they feel bullied, if they are excited about something in life, if they have questions about, you know, the whole proverbial sex, drugs, and rocks and roll, like, come to me. Mm-hmm. Like, let's have that conversation as a dad. And so I want to make sure that that's opened up for him. Uh, and the second thing is, um, you know, bedtime and dinner time are big deals. So dinner time, I want to be there for my kids and my family to have dinner around the table without screens. And then at bedtime, uh, one of the things that my dad did with us that I want to do with my kids and have been doing, uh, just not as regular as I need to. And that's reading the Bible to them mm-hmm. before they go to yeah. bed. Um, and so I think if you, you know, set up a plan to say, look, you got to go to bed, you got to eat dinner. Let's pick pick one night a week that our family's important and just set up that structure and schedule. Mm -hmm. It actually becomes something I look forward to instead of something I, uh, you know, just feel like is added to my calendar. Absolutely. You prioritize that, which is important to you. Yeah. One of the things that we just started doing uh, recently with my, my two oldest boys trying to get in and speaking of the the reading through the Bible um, started going through the core 52. So trying to find a way that is, um, that for for us it's not necessarily like busy yes but also like <laughs> attention deficit mm-hmm. uh, like to a high degree so trying to find what is that way that we can build that habit in a small way and i think the core 52 does a nice job at breaking down kind of those core verses within the bible those core passages um and then breaking it down in a week span mm-hmm. to like so that it's kind of low impact but high yield so i uh, that's been really cool and really fun um, kind of having those deeper conversations about um, those those passages in the Bible. It's kind of it's a yeah. kind of a cool cool thing that we've started recently. One of the Bible studies uh, that we read, it's actually just um, a rephrased Bible. Oh, cool! And so it's called Hurlbut's Story of the Bible. It's mm-hmm. been around for over a hundred years, mm-hmm. and my dad read it to us at nighttime. And it's a the Bible turned into a narrative, so it actually goes through the books of the Bible and the chapters. But instead of it reading like a a documentary like mm-hmm. the Bible does, it reads more like a narrative, like a story. And it's actually kid-friendly. There's a lot of the words and phrases that you'll see in the Bible or contexts that they'll tweak just slightly to read to kids. And it's usually two or three pages each for the stories. And mm-hmm. so we'll read those, and it actually takes you through the Old Testament and the New Testament. I mean, the thing is the size of a Bible, but it's easy to read. It's easy to digest. Mm-hmm. And after we'll read a few pages, I almost just always ask the kids, hey, what do you think about that? Mm-hmm. You know, what stands out to you about that? What uh, what in this do you have questions about? And it kind of opens up a little bit of a dialogue and it helps calm everybody down as you're getting ready for bed. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Very cool. Grant, uh, how did your dad make time for you? My dad was one of the dads that wanted to be part of our lives and was a school teacher. And so he just inserted himself into our lives 
all the time in places that weren't always wanted. <laughs> so when I would swim in high school, he made himself the diving coach, although he knew nothing about how to dive. <laughs> when we would go to prom, my dad would volunteer to like work the punch table so that if you're hanging out with your friends, making a fool of yourself, he can punch you, you know your dad. <laughs> exactly. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. Again, you know, he's just long. over there like <laughs> staring at you, stealing you know, your, your sense of, of privacy, your freedom. And so as a, as an educator, he could be at all of our events. And then, you know, if we played baseball, he would be like the fourth coach on the team, you know, like in other words, he's just always there. Yeah. Yeah. And it bothered me a lot at the time, but I was just used to my dad being around. Um, and you know, my dad passed away. I know Zach's did. My dad passed away October of, of last year. Uh, so a little over a year ago, um, 15 months ago, and I would look back at that and I think, hey, I want to make sure that I'm intentional with my kids' time. So how mm-hmm. can I take things that my kids are into? My kids like soccer. You know, I played baseball and basketball mm-hmm. growing up, and my kids are into soccer. Well, let me learn soccer and go coach soccer yeah. so that I can be involved in my kids' soccer, which I know nothing about, just like my dad was involved in diving, which he knew nothing about. Mm-hmm. You know, find ways to, to be around your kids. So if it's reading to you at night, if it's fishing, if it's those road trips where you load up in the car – um, or, you know, if it's invading in your personal space of your sports, my dad found ways to spend time with us. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, how do you prioritize having difficult conversations with your kids? I know you talked about like kind of exactly kind of piggybacking on that being available, kind of like creating the context for them to feel comfortable. But if there's a, the conversation that is, that is difficult that you want to have with them, how do you go about and kind of starting that conversation? I think it's a great question. Really, there are two or three of these hard conversations. I think one uh, for us is, you know, the puberty, the coming of age conversation, the sex yeah. conversation, like that's a weighty one. Yeah. And my parents didn't do that with me. And so I thought, hey, before my kids learn all of this from school or from the sex ed classes at school, they should hear it from their dad. Yeah. And I want to make sure that I beat the uh, government education institution yep. of when they're saying, Hey, they should know this at fifth or sixth grade. It's like, okay, wait a minute. Maybe I think they should know it at junior high, but if they're going to learn this, yep. then I need to get in front of them. Yep. The second thing I think is those conversations about baptism, the conversations about faith, the conversations about, uh, is this their faith? Is this their parents' faith? And so I think, you know, going in with that agenda that I want to intentionally have, um, this type of difficult conversation with my kids it helps because spur of the moment, I'm going to mess it up. <laughs> so on the the sex ed stuff, I talked to other people that did that, the puberty conversations. And uh, whenever I got the, there with my oldest, we actually drove to a park. We sat in the car and I said, hey, I'm going to unpack all of this. This is what's mm-hmm. happening uh, to people's bodies as they go from boys to girl, uh, boys to men. And, and Yeah, well, that happens <laughs> sometimes. Boys to men and, and, and girls to women. And this is like, th- this is how God has created the world to function. And this is um, what you're going to experience. And this is the role for that to happen healthily. Um, and just let him ask questions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we were done, he was just like, man, I'm, I'm really glad I'm a boy, you know? And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, man, me too. (laughs) Me too. Uh, and then being intentional about, uh, you know, the baptism stuff. I've talked with pastors at our church. I've got packets to, to, to read through. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that if I do those conversations that I'm not telling my kids what to think, I'm allowing them to learn through the Bible. I'm allowing them to learn as the Holy spirit draws them near, uh, and works through their mind and works through their heart. And so I don't want them to get baptized because they're trying to please mom and dad mm-hmm. or because they think they have to or, or are supposed to at this time. I want them to when it's healthy. And so those are real challenges. I don't know if you guys have got you know input or tips on where you find it um, relevant to get into those deep conversations with your kids. I feel like for me, it's always been, um, you know, as needed. 
Like it's when they broach the subject, uh, then it becomes more of um, of an acceptable topic to kind of go deeper and kind of push it. So like when they were kind of talking about, hey, I, I'm kind of, you know, one of my friends is starting to date somebody. Then it was like I can push the boundary a little bit. more. Oh, yeah, what do you think about that? But then also, what does God say about, you know, the way we view dating? And, and so kind of pushing it when they broach a casual subject, then just kind of be like, I'm going to probe a little deeper than maybe you were wanting this conversation to go, but I'm going to take this opportunity to push it. And then I think if you make it, you know, less, I don't say confrontational because it's never really been confrontational, but less about uh, I'm going to shove this down your throat of this is my opinion. You're going to take it just more of a, this is the way I read the Bible or interpret it. This is our family's belief. You know, you're going to make your own decisions as you come across that. So giving them some of that freedom has been really nice for them to be able to trust that they can come to us with what they might feel as differing views. Mm -hmm. The other one is those uh, it's, it's been very successful to us to have it in casual conversation. Like uh, we're driving one-on-one, you know, like we're giving them a ride to a sporting event or something and just being like, you know, tell me what's going on. And I've often found that's when they unload. Like nobody else is in the car. Like you said, being intentional to have those alone times. But when you probe and it's not so like I have a, I have a tendency, I'm driving, I want to listen to my podcast or mm-hmm. I wanna I'm just get point A to be point B, very dad-like. But to take that and be intentional saying, what's going on? Tell me what you're thinking about this. What do you think about, you know, what are your friends going through? What issues are you seeing? And then just kind of letting them go. And sometimes it's a, Everything's fine. Great. I'm not going to push it. But then I found often in those relaxed settings, they'll unload. And it's it's been great. Yeah. Um, all right. Grant, as a precursor to Section 3, <laughs> I know we're, we're running a bit we're, long. We're going long So already. you're going to get this podcast for free. Let's just, let's just, uh, <laughs> let's just, know yeah, over. <laughs> just, let's just say it right now. Um, but uh, if you could reboot one event or conversation with your kids, what would it be? Because we're talking about reboots today. So if you could reboot uh, any conversation or event, what would it be? Maybe the puke incident? I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there, there are so many that would be good. I, I think one of mine is uh, we make a lot of mistakes on our oldest kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And oh. I did not want to have my kids set the tone for what they will or won't eat in the house. Mm-hmm. And so I remember a time when uh, Gavin, my oldest, was young, and he did not want to eat blueberries. And I think I put four on the table, and he didn't eat them, so I took away his chair. And mm-hmm. he stood there, and it became a test of will. <laughs> and he stood there at the table in front of blueberries for a couple of hours and didn't eat them. And so I finally forced him to eat them. And, you know, you think back about things like that, and it's not about the blueberries. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's about... Who has control of the house? Yep. Yeah. But then you step back and you think, it's not about who has control of the house. It's what example am I setting for my kid? Mm-hmm. You know, do I love them? Do I empower them? Do I teach them why it's important to eat a blueberry instead of just literally forcing it down his throat? Yep. Yeah. And so you always go back and replay those moments where the intention behind it is to make my kids healthy members of society where life gives you all the time things that you don't want. Here's a meal you don't want, an assignment. Uh, a job, a boss, a headache, some chore at home, a broken pipe, a car wreck, like, mm-hmm. you know, a, an ill family member. We don't ask for these things in life, but you have to face them head on. And I feel like my grandparents of the greatest generation with the, the Great Depression and World War II were, were pros at that. Mm-hmm. And you go a, a few generations down, and now we have newlyweds that uh, will only buy a brand new house at 22 yep. because uh, they, they, they need it. And mm-hmm. I've seen a slide so far that I thought, you know, I want my kids to grow up, especially my boys, to grow up and have resolve. Actually, Kinley, too. I want her to have resolve uh, to be able to deal with what life gives us. And the ways that I teach that sometimes don't come across with the most love in, in some of those moments. So uh, if I could go back and reboot, there are definitely times that I've been 
uh, harder and more harsh with my oldest. And I think that he's smart and loving and intelligent. I think we'll get through it. I think he'll forgive me. Someday he'll have kids, Lord willing, and and see what that's like. Uh, but I think we make a lot of mistakes on our oldest that if we could rewind time, we would say, oh, that's not exactly how I intended it, but it sure came across wrong. Yep. Mm-hmm. We uh, constantly have to remind our oldest Bennett that like, sorry, man, like we, yeah. we apologize like frequently, like yeah. we're just learning. Like, and it, it's, 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 he's the one that we, we test drive. He's the, he's the pilot test. He's mm-hmm. the, the one that we make all the mistakes on so that we can get better each kid. And, um, which is interesting, but, but it's crazy too. You see a lot of, um, uh, people that, you know, may, may respond differently to discipline and things like that. And, I remember saying something once, and uh, it was a nurse that I was working with when I was at the American Cancer Society, and she said, how do you think your dad did with that with you? And I said, oh, you know, could have been better. And she said, how do you think you turned out? And I was like, well, <laughs> I guess okay. Yeah. You know, and she was like, all right, so, you know, don't be so hard on your parents either. Mm-hmm. And so there may be dads on here that have issues with their own dads, yep. and they're trying to compensate or make amends for the, the, you know, well, my dad did that to me, and I'll never do that to my kids, or that was important to my dad, so it's important to me and my kids. Um, and so don't be so hard on your dads when you start to set in that position too. And, uh, you know, it's, there's not a perfect way to do it. Yep. Um, but as long as you love them through your mistakes, yep. man, that's, that's where it's really at. Absolutely. Make sure you're open to some conversations. Absolutely. And then blame their mom. If she's out of the room, it's her fault. Yeah. yeah. And all the kids, but don't tell her all the kids <laughs> see through that. I yeah. mean, there's, <laughs> Well, listen, we want to go through and we want to do some reboots of some movies. Uh, and, and so we'll at least kind of keep our strategy of my why we kind of chose these movies. And we also want to kind of do some, um, like, you know, either the director or actors or, or things like that for our movies. So, uh, Grant, we'll let you choose. You want to go first? You want one of us to go first? What's, uh, what's your... Uh, I'll go in the middle. Your, okay, so yeah. I'll go first then. I'll be the beef in the middle of this no, man-witch. Okay, so... <laughs> Good. I'll take I'll take spot number three because apparently that's the uh, that's, that's my draft spot, order. Yeah. That's that's it. Uh, okay, I'm gonna go with uh, the first one I want to see redone is uh, Ransom. Ooh, Ooh that's with, a great uh, movie though. Yeah. And so here's my strategy with all of the movies. Yeah, let's I chose, hear it. Was they're they're a little flawed. I enjoyed them watching them. They're okay. all just a little flawed. Uh, so I, I want to see them redone but improved. And uh, so I did. I, I tried to stay away from some classics. Okay. Uh, you know, obviously I was thinking, oh man, I love Gladiator, but I, hmm. somebody would ruin Gladiator if oh, you tried absolutely. to redo it. So I don't ever want to see that. I think redone. they're actually trying to redo that. Please, yeah, no. I had heard that. Like uh, somebody told a, me that sequel, you though. texted me this week, and oh. somebody said, oh, "Are they going to?" Re-? And I said, "No." He actually mentioned Gladiator. I wondered. Oh. I I thought that was contextual. You didn't know. No, my weekend no, is ruined. No, it's going to get worse because I heard uh, the name associated with it was Timothy Chalamet. No, did you he's did not. you hear that? Like, no, I didn't hear anything. But no. I did hear it's not not a reboot, but a sequel. It's a and sequel. somebody's like, but he died, <sighs> and his whole family mad. died. Like, the whole, whole maybe life. he's fighting his way out of Hades. Well, <laughs> <laughs> he's in the fields of Elysium. You're I mean, he is Zeus now, right? Uh, like, okay. uh, well, it could be the the son of the like the love interest, though. That's kind of what I was thinking. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah um, right. Connie Britt's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah son. Yeah, okay. Uh, so anyhow, I want to redo Ransom because I feel like it was it's a flawed movie. Okay. But uh, I also think it would be interesting to redo it with the technology advances that we have today. That's like, fair. how would Ransom be different now that we have face techno- face recognition technology and smartphones? People could be like, recording what's going on at this park. At yep. the, I feel like there'd be a lot of unique things you could do with the video and enhances that we have. Uh, here's my cast, though. Uh, for the main character, Mel Gibson's original character, I want Ryan Gosling. Yeah. I think he'd be really good. Uh, for his wife, uh, I want uh, Alicia Vikander. It was Renee Russo. Give me Alicia Vikander for that new role. <laughs> um 
For the kid, I want uh, Grace McKenna. She was the girl in Top Gun. Oh, yeah. Maverick. Uh, I think she might be a little old, but uh, she's a great actress. I liked her yeah. a lot. Uh, for the detective, who is actually the bad guy, the Gary Sinise character. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, it's 1996. It's literally 30 years old almost. Uh, I want Florence Pugh. Okay. Yeah, I think... That's an interesting yeah, take. I, she, I think she's a great actress. I, I, okay. I want to see her go a little dark, like uh, just uh, to turn and see how she'd be like, oh, you, you totally buy her as a detective, but then all of a sudden to be the bad guy, mm-hmm. I think that's an interesting turn for her. Uh, for the uh, FBI agent, it was Delroy Lindo. Uh, give me Edris Elba for that position. Oh, always. Yes, great one. And then for the two kidnappers, uh, I want uh, two character actors that I absolutely love. I want Scoot McNary and uh, Walter Goggins. Yes. I want those two guys being the other kidnappers. Oh. It was Led Schreiber and um, Donnie Wahlberg in the original. Give me those two guys as the... I feel like already we have upped the ante on the acting. I mean, I know Gary Sinise is a great actor. We've got some great... Renee yeah. Russo is fantastic. But I feel like I'm bringing a pretty solid all-star cast there Okay, my Ransom remake. I'm glad you went, went first, but like you recast the entire stinking thing. I was like, I want to see this person in this role. That was, that was, that's impressive. Yeah, that's you impressive. were really, really deep. I, I just feel like every recast I, I talk about, I'm just going to put Gary Busey as the lead actor. <laughs> yes. Every movie. It's just going to be... <laughs> Is it going to be with Gary Busey? Oh my gosh! I totally directed by Wes Anderson, the Busey <laughs> Matrix. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, no, no, no. <laughs> Gary Busey as uh, Morpheus and Mr. Bean as Neo. That's what I want to see. American president, give me a remake with Gary. Busey. Oh, he's so over the top. He's so over the top. <laughs> All right, Grant, what's your what's your reboot? All right, so the first reboot I'm going with has got to be stated, and that's Aragon. That uh, was my number one. Okay. Right. That's that was why, my that, number one. That's why I'm rolling there, right? <clears throat> like, there's so many people. If you've read the Aragon yeah. oh. quadrilogy, you know that this was a perfect blend between fantasy of Lord of the Rings yes. meets the empirical uh, stature of Star Wars, and it's this, this beautiful hybrid of the two of those put together mm-hmm. that when they put it on the silver screen was more brown than silver oh i mean like gosh. they just really messed this thing up they, they just threw it through the mud uh i don't know if it was uh the director vision or if it was money or what happened but instead of setting up an epic four-part series it was one and done yep um you know i don't i think maybe jeremy irons was brawn in it and i yep. don't have a problem with some of i think some of that acting i think he's great he was a perfect casting yeah the whole thing was just a mess though. it was a real mess it didn't <laughs> fall and that's the problem here is you know when you have an adaptation of uh a work that's gone uh really really well in tv yep. or in literature through a book or a, a graphic comic why they think they need to rewrite the story and yep. recreate the story everybody loved version a so now let's see if everybody likes version C. Yeah, and you're right. like, why would you redo that? So Aragon would be it for me. Um, and, you know, when you start thinking about directors and actors and things like that, I just want to see it done well. I don't care who directs it and who yeah. acts it. You'll have a director do a great job, and then the next movie is really, really off. And so, of course, Peter Jackson did great with Lord of the Rings. And the Hobbit was like a paycheck, yeah. you know. Yeah. So let's find somebody who can take this on as a passion project and, and turn it into what it needs to be. I think uh, I like uh, the idea of uh, I was thinking of casting Aragon. I was thinking Finn Wolfhard would be yeah. like he's he's like a hot thing right now as far as like a high commodity and a, a act, child actor, teen actor. Um, so I thought he is Aragon. And then I was thinking 
I mean, Jeremy Irons could still be Braun. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's that. Uh, But I was also thinking like Sam Rockwell would be kind of an interest. I love love Sam Rockwell. But it would be a totally different take on that. And it would be, I don't know, just interesting. Uh, all right, so that was my number one. So you took it. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna <laughs> go with my uh, my alternate here, um, and I'm gonna go with They Live, um, which is a movie from 1988. Uh, it is a phenomenal like alien invasion uh, movie uh, starring Rowdy Roddy Piper, <laughs> who like I love. <laughs> I love me some Rowdy Roddy Piper. Um, But, like, it was, like, it is textbook late 80s, like, cult classic. Mm -hmm. And I love it, and it's great. I just think it would be really fun. And I would love to see Kurt Russell play the lead in it because I, like, I would love Kurt Russell in anything. Like, he's just one of my favorite actors. So I think he would be great uh, in a reboot of They Live. Okay. Uh, for my second one, uh, I'm going to go with a remake of Animal House. It's a movie I absolutely love. I feel it's a little problematic with some of the stuff going on, but I think it's just a, a, a movie that makes me laugh constantly. It would be horrible now, though. Like, <clears throat> I feel like you, anytime you get a college comedy of some kind, I feel like if you do it right, I think you could do it right. There's too many spinoffs of it. I mean, that's true. Old school is Animal House. Right. Yeah. PCU is Animal House. Like, it, they're yeah. all children of yes. Animal House. So yeah. let's just redo the original. It kind of invented the genre. It did. Yeah. I just want to see it redone now. Um, let's just let's what you put in it because that's okay. the difference maker. So uh, Wait, I think before my... we start, I'm going to put your list on double secret probation. So there's that <laughs> secret probation. Uh, uh, there are two things I really have to. I think you really got to hit. You got to hit a really good Bluto. Yeah. Uh, and so for me, a, a guy who I think you could still be convinced would be in college a little too long. Uh, that his humor makes me laugh, but I think not to the point where uh, you're you're focused on him because I think that's the thing you, you really wanted Belushi to kind of carry it and he didn't. So I want Pete Davidson in it. I feel like really he like uh, just a stoner guy who's kind of like. I mean, I guess I can. You're see like that. I could see you being in college still in your 30s. Like that's where I say I, be, and, I'll let you have my ticket. <laughs> Wow. You lost me at Pete Davidson. I think <laughs> I think he's funny. He cracks me up. Um, the other one I feel like you got to have is you got to have um, Niedermeyer because uh, he's the classic foil, the guy you actually want to hate the most, more yes. than Dean Warmer. And I feel like that Asa Butterfield kid is the one I'd want there because I just I don't like him. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like, like Ender like Ender's play, Game and like yes, all that. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. like he could play a real kind of snarky guy you'd like to see get hit in the face Ooh, yeah and i want to see him get hit in the face you want um, his dad working the punch bowl yeah so a couple other names <laughs> i like there for the two guys uh otter and, and um and boone the two main cool characters uh-huh. i want um i want um oh what's his name uh darker uh, the 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 billy from stranger things the guy who oh yeah, yeah, the, yeah i want him as one of those two leads yeah that makes uh, sense and then the other one i want really as one of the two leads uh i want um the guy who is in Cobra Kai. Which guy? Uh, the, 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 the one who learns with Daniel Russo. <laughs> the Miguel character. <coughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's I great. I want him. Yeah, I think I, they'd be really good. Yeah, I, I like him. And the one who I think is a real nerd, um, I think uh, the, the Dustin from Stranger Things kid, I feel yeah. like he could be Pinto. Uh, and then Flounder is um, the kid who plays from Dire of a Wimpy Kid, the main character from the Dire of a Wimpy Kid series. I think he'd be a fun Flounder. Like, only there because he's... Uh, a legacy. Yeah. And the only other one I had was Niederm- I was, uh, Dean Warmer. I want to see is Kevin Baker, Kevin Bacon. Like, make a reappearance. Now he's the Dean. Yeah. He could play a real jerk guy. Oh, that'd I be good. See that. I like that. Yeah. Um, I, I was thinking uh, for Bluto, um, I, I've, I guess I have a type for that character because Pete Davidson's a horrible casting decision for oh, that. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but I... <laughs> 
<laughs> this is probably worse, but immediately I thought of Jeff Ross. Um, the comedian from uh, yeah. the, the roast of yeah. all yes, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. but I feel like he's too old. He probably is, but that's the joke, right? Okay. Like, I, all right. Jim, I, Belushi looked. Yeah, he's he's super. supposed yeah. to be there forever, like, right? Yeah, like he's yeah. the. Uh, I mean, he's your RA, <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. What do you got next, Grant? Number two for me, we're gonna stay with books that became terrible movies, uh, <laughs> and that's The Dark Tower. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So the, the Dark Tower game. series was yeah. such a great series. I actually listened to that on podcast over several years because of how many books and how long that is. It is such an epic tale by Stephen King. And when they turned it into a movie and they said Ron Howard was involved, you're like, this is going to be great. And mm-hmm. Idris Elba? And like, Idris, you're yeah. like, hey, this, this has got potential, right? And again, it's one of those where they pulled out 15 pages out of the book and then erased them and then turned it into <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. whatever terrible movie that was yeah. that didn't even make sense. It, it wasn't even, it wasn't even closely connected. So that would be a, a better HBO type series yep. where you can really yeah. pace it out. Game of Thrones style where you have 10 or 15 episodes yes. yep. over the course of seven, eight, nine seasons. And I feel like that's the thing when you're talking about Aragon. Uh, Spiderwick was on my list as a movie that needs to be redone, but I want it as a TV series. I'm with you 100%. Give me Dark Tower as a TV series, mm-hmm. and I am 100%. It'd be a great TV could, series. Yeah. You, if, but you, there are directors that are very comfortable pushing the three-hour mark of movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you run three-hour movies and you roll the series out with that, uh, I think it'd be great. And Extended cut like Lord of the Rings? Yeah. But well, how, like, how long was Gun, uh, Dark Tower? Because it was... An Short hour too. and 45 minutes uh, too long. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, I feel like it was only an hour and 45. Like, it was awful, yeah. but it yeah. was... I, the I best know. to play Roland, too. You know, you forget the face of your father, and, mm-hmm. you know, you shoot yep. you shoot with your heart, not with your hand. And, yes. You know, it, it was supposed to be Clint Eastwood. Mm-hmm. You know, in That's the fair. series, yeah. Stephen King even says in the series that Roland is Clint Eastwood. But... You know, we've we've seen Clint kind of get up there in age. So honestly, son's Clint's got... son it would be a good choice for mm-hmm. it. I think others. Uh, you think of somebody who just fits that cowboy role, and obviously Yellowstone comes to mind. And you mm-hmm. think of of Casey, or you mm-hmm. think of others with Yellowstone. Yeah. I think David Harbor would actually be a really interesting cowboy in that setting. That'd be um, interesting. You know, he might yeah. need to to drop a few to look like he's a wasteland. Uh, you know, gunslinging survivor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've seen Chris Pratt and others, you know, go through these mm-hmm. body changes. And I think well, even David in Harbor the last Stranger be. Things, uh, uh, yeah, season, yeah, he's pretty, mm-hmm. he's long. Yeah. yeah. So you just look for somebody that's got a sense of that grit to mm-hmm. them. And I think that the Dark Tower could be a really interesting series. And, you know, on that, that token, everything that Stephen King has done probably needs to be rebooted, except for. Uh, Stand by Me, mm-hmm. yeah, Shawshank right. Redemption, and The mm-hmm. Green Mile. Yeah. But well, every other Stephen King movie is just not great. Yeah. So yeah. they're great books. They're not great movies. Yeah, uh, maybe it. yeah. it's been done twice, but that was good. Um, okay, so I'm gonna go with uh, my next one, uh, Alex Cross. Oh, interesting. And you this did, like, is the Morgan Freeman one. You gonna redo it already? Yeah. Well, Morgan Freeman. That, that was like That's twenty years ago. I'm aware like, of what it is. That it's was twenty years ago. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I didn't like Morgan Freeman even then as yeah. the as the choice because mm-hmm. in my mind that has always been Denzel. Like in my mind, one hundred percent Alex Cross is Denzel Washington. So are you gonna have Denzel now play it? I think we have Denzel play it, but really? not. You're not gonna do his son, John David Washington. I mean, John David Washington could do it. He's great. But, like, in my mind, it is still his role for at least another five years. Because you can get, like, 
Yep. For some of those, like you can even have like you can get you can get there and you can you can have it. If Denzel is seen as too old and the casting directors are asking my opinion, I would say John David Washington because he's he's great. Um, but like Denzel has always been that, and it always irritates me that Medea played Alex Cross. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I just that was that was poor form. So oh. there's that. Well, listen, we are already. Five minutes over our podcast time. So how about we just do some quick hitters really quickly? Okay. Uh, so kind of just, uh, I want to shout out a couple. I did text this out to my buddies today, and I was just like, what movies need to be redone? And this is the text I got back from them. Enemy Mine. Oh, okay. Big Gremlins. Mm. Big Trouble in Little China. I have Big Trouble in Little That's China. That's from Ryan, yeah, my friend Ryan. About that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, my friend Tim, friend of the show, says, leave it to Beaver. Oh, hold Andy on. Griffin. That's, oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, so, Big Trouble in Little China, who stars in that one? Uh, it's Kurt Russell. Yeah, it's Kurt and, Russell. No, now, oh. like in the reboot. Well, you were talking Chris Kurt Pratt. Russell for a reboot. So. Yeah. yeah, I say Chris Pratt style stars in it. I think he'd be a fun one for yeah, it. He would be You fun. need a little comedy. You need to believe he can be an action star. Yeah. Chris Pratt's the first one that can I like it. Us. Okay. Uh, they said Last Starfighter, which I think is great. Oh, that would be really um, good. Fantastic. Yeah. War Games, which <gasps> we mentioned before for my friend Mikey. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, Starfighter. Uh, Lawrence so of Arabia good. for my friend Chris, who's also been on the show. Uh, I would love to see what they do with yeah. the modern day technology and cinematography. But it was horrible. So, uh, and he also says Seven Samurai. Ooh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. And then they I'm remake not... that one every other year, though. Yeah, like, let's is, be honest. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they, it's it's a thing. Yeah, uh, ones I had that I didn't make the list. Well, it made the list, but we're gonna run out. Lord of the Flies. Uh, yeah. I don't know who I'd recast in it, but mm-hmm. I want to see an updated Lord of the Flies. I love that that mm-hmm. book in that movie. The Outsiders is one my buddy Larry mentioned, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yes, give me the Outsiders right now, but not as an after school special. No. <laughs> Um, and then um, I want to see 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. That one didn't make the my, my list, but I don't have time to talk about it. So yeah, yeah. last like one, one, I don't have time to talk about. I won't go into any details. I did fill out the, uh, the list again, the full cast. I want to see Backdraft redone. Yeah. I love Backdraft. I think yeah. it's a great movie. It's got some flaws Dude. in it, but I want an all-black cast. I want the lead to be, um, I want it to be Jamie Foxx as the older brother. Oh. And uh, Michael B. Jordan as the younger brother. Tell oh. me that already. Just, you're just like that would be good. And then I've got like other roles for. I don't have time for because yeah. we're way oh. over. But I think that one is intriguing. And I'm, my text stream, they are eating me alive, saying it's a horrible pick. And I think it's great. Okay, so just absolutely great. Oddly enough, Backdraft was on my initial list. Yes, like it was, really. but I thought it was a like a weird choice. No, <laughs> so I think Backdraft that, is great. But it's 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 yeah. flawed, but it's good at the same yeah. time. Like there's parts of you like this is cheesy. Give me a more serious version with better actors. Yeah, Stephen Baldwin is not the actor for that position. No, no, no. Give no. me a better yeah, actor, and, and I'm in. Yeah. Now, we, if you want to see uh, Michael B. Jordan as a uh, firefighter, Fahrenheit 451. I know. I've uh, already heard this. We already saw this. Movie. No, it's pretty good. It's, it's pretty good. <laughs> so my rapid fire here, I'm I'm gonna go with Pearl Harbor. You know, okay. You've got, yeah. Right. You've got war movies that are done really well, and you watch yep. Pearl Harbor. There are so many men and women that were affected by that. Yeah. And, you know, while you have, you know, Cuba rocking his gun on the deck after being like a whatever he was, like I think he was the chef turned yep, gun hand. Yep. And then you have this uh, prolonged love story. Was it, wasn't Ben Affleck in that? Yes. Like, and Josh it was Hartnett. more about the stars than the Jennifer event. Conley? And I want it to be. No. I want it to be about Pearl Harbor. I want it to be about the soldiers, yeah. the generals, the people that were there. I want it to feel gritty. So who's the director that's going to make that gritty and feel real and tell the story and really not make it a three-hour movie with 20 minutes of action, but a three-hour movie with three hours of action? Uh, Michael and, Bay. You know, just <laughs> <laughs> Lots of lens flares. Here we go. Uh, so uh, Pearl Harbor for me. Number two is Avatar The Last Airbender. Yes. That could have been so good oh if, again, gosh. you yeah. stick to source material Thank and you do for it the right that. way. Uh, number three, I'm going to rock Dumbo. 
the that live movie. action version or no the, the cartoon? You want that one redone? I, I they want just the cartoon redone. redone. As a live action by Tim Burton. Yeah, and it's and that's all horrible, right? <laughs> like it. it's supposed to be a kids, and then when you watch it, it's all dark and weird. Make yep. it a Pixar. And at the very end of Dumbo, Dumbo actually learns to fly like at, as the, the ending credits are coming up, you know? Oh, right. So make it where the train is traveling, his mom's on the back, and he's flying around the back of the train. Have it be Dumbo, where they actually take the circus across the country. Show all of the different locations in the country that are nostalgic. So you're like, hey, there's the arch and there's mm-hmm, the Golden Gate yeah. Bridge and and there's the Grand Canyon. And let Dumbo perform and get into shenanigans Pixar style. Like make it oh, something like, kids oh, yeah. want to watch. Yeah. Uh, and then please somebody reboot the Polar Express because right <laughs> oh, now man. it's the, the worst. The uncanny valley in the Polar Express is so awkward and it's really not done well it was at the time i suppose Mm -hmm. but now every time it comes on i'm like you know that's the christmas movie i just need to leave the room when that comes on yeah yeah and yet we watch it all the time uh okay so my uh my my quick list my quick hitters uh this is less of a reboot and more of a reshoe uh in you know dad shorts fashion Mm -hmm. um the hobbit i i want that done right that's my my favorite book of all time um, and I had such high hopes and miniseries. Yeah. Give it to me as a Netflix no, miniseries. Give it to me as one movie. Like the same thing as the, the book. Like I think that's the magic of the book is there's so much action crammed into this one volume. That's why I want nine or eight episodes, eight one hour episodes of The Hobbit. <laughs> that's yeah, all I that's want. That's fair. They tried that with the uh, Rings of Power, and it just didn't work. Um, and then uh, Dragon Ball. They, they came mm. up with Dragon Ball Evolution. It was horrible. That's one of my favorite animes of all time. Um, and I have always wanted to see it with Jackie Chan and Jet Li as uh, Goku and Vegeta. Um, but nice. that's not going to happen. Um, and then I had Big Trouble in Little China and yeah. Enemy of the State. That one would be interesting with the advanced right. technology too. Like yeah, That would right. be a completely different movie. Yes. Right. But then the real question is, who do you cast? Because uh, Will and... Um, oh, why can't I think of his name? I got a, Gene Hackman are great in that movie. Yes, they they're phenomenal and they're great actors. In my mind, I had like Idris Elba, but honestly, yeah. I think Idris Elba he's just my 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 go to. I love him, uh, but I think he's too old for it. So I was thinking maybe uh, uh, Michael B. Jordan or uh, uh, John David Washington, like that. Daniel Kaluuya, Daniel Kaluuya. Dave Coulier? No. <laughs> the guy who was, he was in Nope. The guy who was in Nope and in uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Daniel, Daniel Kaluuya. I think he's okay. Oh, I think I he's think okay. I'm st- like I like the fact that he's two totally different characters in Nope he's and very like, intense. That yeah. intensity I like I like that. Oh, you know what? Now that you're saying that, mm-hmm. I could see I could see him doing that part in Enemy of the State like really, really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm I'm kind of thinking for the uh, the Gene Hackman character, still Gene Hackman. <laughs> and st- I mean, st- like uh, Gary Busey. Like <laughs> I don't know why, but I think like, Gary I Busey just, would be just see it. Like he would watch be, out for the Iron Sky. He would be great in Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> he would be a great lead in Pearl Harbor. The Busey cat. Make make BC a kid like yeah. they did for Tom Hanks and yes. put him in Polar Express. Oh. He gets no presents. Uh, so real quick before we go, I had one of my other buddies just texted me and said he wants to see Logan's Run, Stripes, and Police Academy. Ooh, Logan's Run would be yeah, good. That'd be good. Uh, that's all the time we have. We went way over. Ten minutes almost over, so that's all bonus content. You're welcome. You. Just listen um, at 1.5 times speed. It'll still be done in 30 minutes. That's true. Uh, so listen, like, rate, and subscribe wherever you find your podcast. Don't forget to find us on Facebook. Uh, we only had one person uh, filling the answers for our trivia contest. All right. So are we going to extend it or just give that one person uh, a book? 
Let's give that one person a book. That's my Aunt Robbie. Let's all three sign listening. it. There you go. All, there, all we're going to sign it and send we're it. We're all going to sign a book that we didn't write <laughs> and then send it to her. <laughs> yes. Dedicated to Loving you, my kisses. love. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks for joining us. Don't forget. Uh, we already did all that. Thanks for joining us. Have an awesome day. See you guys later. Later. Later.